Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode four, and this podcast is released every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and it has three segments. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. And the third segment is called BTS, where we recap my past week, any exciting encounters, um, new finds, uh, TV recaps, and much, much more. If you are listening on the podcast apps, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Remember, there's also a visual to this podcast. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Subscribe there. Give this video a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Also, you can follow me at starring Milana on Instagram. Quick reminder that we're going to be starting the Digital Book Club. Ladies, ladies only, we're starting the Digital Book Club, I think maybe either this week or next week. Um, I already have a few of you guys on my list. I'm going to start the group chat soon. We are reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Listen, how often do you read and are held accountable to finish the book? Well, we are here to hold you accountable while you read this book. And it's all, it's like a self-help book. It's all about good habits um, and why, what better way to kick off 2022, even though it's already kicked off, but you know, it's a new month, February, to kick off the month with um, learning a few things to better your life, make you more pro, um, productive. And yeah, so I'm really excited to read this book. It's called Atomic Habits. Make sure to DM me if you're interested in the digital book club. In this week's episode, we talk about Cardi B's defamation suit, surrendering to God, carb chronicles, and much, much more. So let's get straight to it. Um, we're going to kick off with Talkworthy. Can not minding your own business cost you $4 million? Well, it did for one YouTuber. Tasha K lost a defamation suit to Cardi B last week and was ordered to pay $4 million in general and punitive damages as well as medical expenses and her attorney fees. Uh, according to CNN, Grammy award-winning rapper Cardi B won a lawsuit Monday against YouTuber Tasha K for defamation, invasion of privacy, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and was awarded a seven figure amount. Tasha K published multiple false and defamatory statements about plaintiff, including that plaintiff was a prostitute, that plaintiff was a user of cocaine, that plaintiff had had and still has herpes. Um, listen, do I think Cardi B needs the $4 million? Like, no, I'm sure she can use it, but she doesn't need it. And do I even think that this woman has the money to pay her? Probably not. Um, and I did some research about her because I was curious. I'm like, does she have the money? Who is she? I personally never heard of her. And between both of her YouTube channels, she has two YouTube channels. I think it's called one is called Wino Gang, one is called Unwind, where she just covers celebrity um, gossip. Uh, and she has over a million subscribers between the two channels. And I watched a few episodes. I think I only watched like maybe two. And I have to say, from the two I watched, I quickly realized she does talk a lot of shit in the second video that I've ever watched she talked about Drake's you know penis size and um that it's you know according to people what she's heard from people she's heard from it's mushroom size I mean she's just like spreading all of this information that might not be true so um I understand why um she probably got sued regardless I wouldn't say that she's like a huge news source so I'm just thinking like what's the difference between her 
getting sued versus someone who maybe has like 20,000 subscribers and is talking shit on their YouTube channel? Is it because that, you know, there's just much more people, many more people listening to her um, YouTube channel or her podcast, watching her versus the 20K subscribers? Is that, you know, are we also going to sue the person who has way less subscribers, but it's also talking shit? It really just like made me wonder. And what's the difference between platforms? Uh, people on Twitter either voice their opinion or just flat out spread lies all the time. It could be someone with little to no following. They can say something, can make it up, and then a bunch of people can retweet it. And that's also like that's also spreading misinformation. It could be spreading lies. What's the difference between suing someone on Twitter for something like that versus someone with this like YouTube channel? And I was thinking about it and like, I don't see celebrities or their teams really going after every single person on the internet who has something to say, um, unless of course the information gets loud, like very, very loud and spread super fast, which seems like this uh, information about Cardi B did. And I mean, I think that when you have an audience of over 1 million, you do have a responsibility to that audience to kind of be more credible. Um, and just in general, I think that people need to be held accountable for their actions. Like we hold reporters and journalists to higher standards. We hold them accountable for the information that they're giving us. It feels like to me that media is shifting, not from what the facts are, but from what the media source decided the facts to be sometimes shit is just made up from thin air and just spread and it spreads like wildfire because of you know social media it's just it seems like to me the faster information spreads the more people believe that it is true the likelihood of people believing that something is true is based on how many people are talking about it and how fast it was spreading I do I believe that um I think that we need to shift some expectations, you know, the same expectations we have for journalism, for news reporting, we now need to apply it to new age media. Like I think everyone is sharing information, especially about others on social media, on YouTube, on podcasts. And I'm not sure that, you know, people are being held accountable. We need to be credible and careful about the things that we're saying and the information that we're spreading. I saw a lot of um, arguments on the internet about this is someone's opinion or freedom of speech. There was a lot of conversation about this lawsuit and a lot of it had to do with somebody's free speech being violated or, you know, this is they're being sued for their opinion. I don't think that this is the case. An opinion or an opinion is like, oh, this is what happened, but this is what I think about it or this is what I would have done in this case. This person is outright sitting there saying these are the facts about Cardi B. That's not free speech. That's not an opinion. Those are lies and it is damaging to her, her family, her career. It's, it's a really, really big deal. So um, I definitely think it's necessary that people are being held accountable. This is a really high amount for her to pay, but you know, maybe it'll scare a lot of people from spreading lies and really just force people to do the right thing. Um, and especially when they have an audience, let's move on. Um, what would you do if somebody sent your child to the hospital? Well, according to Vice News, this is what one parent did. A top-ranked financial advisor at Merrill Lynch was fired and arrested after berating smoothie shop employees, calling one a fucking immigrant, throwing a drink at them, and attempting to force his way into employees-only area. Iannanzo screaming was screaming at employees, I want to speak to the fucking person who made this drink and calling them fucking stupid, fucking ignorant high school kids. 
An employee tells um, Ayanonzo to call corporate, to which he responds by calling her a fucking bitch and throwing a drink at her. The video shows him later calling the employee a fucking immigrant loser before attempting to force his way into an employee-only area as a worker holds the door with their body weight. He later told police he went back to the store because he had requested a smoothie with no peanut butter and his son had an allergic reaction. His son was taken to the hospital, according to police. The Robex employee who spoke with police said he had asked for his drink to be made without peanuts, but hadn't mentioned an allergy. So, you guys, I watched this video. There is a video online, and I'll definitely link the um, the source of this article, which has the video as well. Um, but I watched it. It was very scary. He was super aggressive. Um, he threw a smoothie at a female employee, then tried to break into the back employee-only area, pushing the door pushing the door and the employee had her body weight against the door and I'm kind of afraid to know like what would have happened had he had gotten through the door if he had if he even threw a smoothie at someone what would he have done had he gone through the doors and like you guys know me I'm always trying to understand everybody I know life isn't black or white so I'm I'm here to give maybe his side or at least understand his perspective okay his kid went to the hospital and and partly it's his fault, right? He goes, he orders kid, his kid a smoothie and uh, the smoothie, he says no peanut butter and there's peanut butter in it and his kid drinks it, his kid ends up in the hospital and now he has to, you know, deal with, with that and it's kind of partly his fault. So I understand his uh, side of things. I do understand that allergies can be, you know, deadly. This kid could have definitely, definitely died. It, it, it was probably really serious if he ended up in um, the hospital and peanut allergies are no joke. There's like serious life-threatening, you know, reactions to, to peanut butter. Um, but this is not the way to handle it. You know, for his kid to go to the hospital because of someone else's negligence is infuriating and I get it. But let's think about this. Let me tell you something. I don't really trust strangers that much, especially the ones who are making my smoothies and making my coffee. Um, you know, you can tell, you can request something for, with the cashier and then the person in the back either overlook the note or the cashier might have not written the note or maybe their system doesn't really transfer the notes over. I don't, I don't know. You have to prepare yourself for the fact that it might not make it all the way to the back, okay? It appears to me from this article that he ordered a peanut butter smoothie but said no peanut butter. Remove the peanut butter. But he didn't say, hey, listen, remove the peanut butter. Uh, there's allergies. My son has allergies. I have allergies, whatever. He did not say anything about allergies. Now, if you or your kid have this scary, you know, allergy to peanuts, you have to be so careful. You do not by any means put your child's life in someone else's hands by telling them that you want a peanut butter smoothie with no peanut butter. No, you have to take a smoothie that doesn't have peanut butter or make a smoothie from scratch. But you need to think about it this way. If they're putting in the order and the literally the order is called like the peanut butter smoothie or the peanut smoothie, whatever, and then you say no peanut butter, it could be confusing to someone in the back. You have to think about all of the different scenarios that can happen when you're placing an order like that. Also, if I'm at Phil's Coffee and I'm allergic to mint and I order a mint mojito with no mint, I have to prepare myself for the fact that somebody 
isn't really paying attention, is negligent, isn't really doing their job, and just didn't read the note or didn't put down the note and fucking put mint into my coffee. And now I have to deal with that, right? We always expect people to do their job, but not everyone always pulls through. So you have to be super cautious when you have an allergy like that. When I'm at Starbucks ordering my cappuccinos, I say oat milk or almond milk, I'm standing there watching them make it and make sure that they give me that they're putting oat milk in. I've caught them so many times, even though I said oat milk and it says oat milk on the note, they see cappuccino, they don't read the rest. They're putting whole milk in my cappuccino. I'm like, hey, hold on. I don't, I need oat milk, right? Um, if you have some like an allergy like that or you have something like that, you have to pay attention. Also, I don't eat meat. So if I'm going through a drive-thru, right? And I'm going to Taco Bell, which I often do, and I order a Crunchwrap Supreme and I say to them, no beef substitute beans i don't eat meat please make sure it is beans i tell them that i make sure they i I see it on the screen i make sure when i pull up it's on the receipt then when i receive it i can't open it because once you open the crunch wrap like it's just you know you're supposed to be closed i ask them hey i don't eat meat i just want to make sure this is beans and they say yes this man said no peanut butter went on about his business gets the smoothie doesn't say Hey, just to confirm, there's no peanut butter in here, right? Because if you say that, then that triggers that person to say, yeah, I think so. Wait, let me just double check in the back. Hey, Stacy, did you put peanut butter in this? And this person's like, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, we're going to remake it for you, sir, right? When you are the one that is living with this allergy or your kid is, you have to be the one that's super cautious. People aren't thinking or you know, paying attention as much as they really should be. So that is my criticism to him. This is just not it. This is not the way to respond, calling somebody an immigrant, throwing a smoothie at a female young employee and cussing them out, calling them you know, all kinds of names and words. You know, he got fired, now they're pressing charges. So um, yeah, this is something that could have been avoided had he been more attentive and paid more attention to what he was ordering and what he received. He could have tasted it and said, oh, I taste peanut butter in here. My son is allergic. Please remove it. Like none of that apparently happened. So unfortunate um, situation. I hope his son is okay. Okay, guys, the last thing I'm going to talk about was a commercial that I saw. So I'm like sitting there getting my nails done and it's the TV and the nail salon is on mute. And um, I see Mila Kunis and Demi Moore on the screen in what appears to be like an AT&T commercial. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what are they saying? What is happening? How are these two women on the same screen? They used to date, you know, oh, they were married. They're both married. Mila Kunis is not married to Ashton Kutcher, but Demi Moore used to be married to Ashton Kutcher. This is so crazy. I've never seen or heard of them together or even being friends. Um, so I, I decided to look up the commercial and um, it's an AT&T commercial. It's about a high school reunion and they're about to announce the award for most admired alum. Um, and they're both, Demi Moore and Mila Kunis are both sitting at different tables with their friends and they both get up assuming that they're going to be the ones that win the award. They meet on stage. The award goes to someone else, but um, they look at each other and Demi says, I had no, no idea we went to the same high school. And Mila replies, we have a lot in common, which is fucking hilarious because obviously they're, they both have Ashton in common. 
This is what Mila Kunis um, said about the commercial. It was during my first collaboration meeting with AT&T that we discovered that Demi was also a Fairfax Heights alum, Kunis told Entertainment Tonight. I thought it would bring humor and laughs to what was already a great ad. I reached out to her and was so delighted that she jumped on board. Moore, Demi Moore also told ET that the experience brought new depths to the importance of meaningful connection. We knew being Who knew being a Fairfax alum would have brought this unexpected opportunity to come together with Mila in such a playful way? Demi said. Um, so I was wondering, like, would you call up your significant other's ex to work on a project together? And I asked the question on Instagram and 80% of you guys said no. One person said exactly what I was thinking, though. They said, if it's for a good cause, then yes. Um, I would. I, you know, I watched this commercial. I was inspired. Like, I would definitely work with my husband's, you know, ex-girlfriend, if there was a fun, playful, light situation like this. It seems like a fun thing to do. I'm super open-minded, but of course it depends on the ex. It has to be a situation that wasn't hostile. It has to be a situation that, you know, ended okay. Um, she can't have feelings for him. You know, she would have had to mature and grow up out of the situation. I'm saying she, 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 cause I'm assuming that my husband would be, otherwise why am I married to him, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't have pride issues like that. I think that when you are, you know, with somebody, you have to have trust and you have to assume that you guys are in a great place. And if you have good energy towards others, they'll have good energy towards you. It's just like a circle of life when you're open, when you're light, when you're nice, when all you're trying to do is just have fun and, you know, do what's what's right and I think that that comes back to you in a way like this. So Mila Kunas, without having any insecurities, without having any, you know, doubts or questions or ill will towards Demi Moore, who was married to her, you know, now husband, did the right thing, in my opinion, and I would have done the same thing. She could have had anyone on this commercial, but it wouldn't have received all of this, the buzz that it received. It wouldn't be as exciting. I mean, the fact that they both went to the same high school, they're both alumni, you know, of the same high school, and that they have this, you know, Ashton in common, it wouldn't have made sense with any other celebrity, really. So um, I think this was a great commercial, and I would definitely work with my significant other's ex if the opportunity made sense. This week's Dropping Gems segment is about surrendering to God and strengthening your relationship. I got a DM last week that said, Hi Milana, any tips on how to get started to strengthen your relationship with God? Um, and ironically, last week I was feeling like really super heavy energy and overwhelming, um, this overwhelming feeling of just wanting to let go of all the pressures, all the anxiety, all the control, all of the worries. Um, I just had like a moment. And as soon as I decided and I prayed about it and wrote about it and decided to release all of it, I, you know, a couple of hours later, I think I received this DM and I was like, oh, there it is. You know, uh, it solidified that I was definitely in the right headspace because to me, strengthening your relationship with God um, begins with surrendering to God. And I want to start with uh, strengthening, assuming that you already have some sort of relationship with God. If you don't, you know, maybe I'll save that for another uh, podcast. But assuming you already have some sort of understanding or some sort of relationship with God, I think that the first thing is, you know, you have to figure out what is true to you. Um, everyone's relationship with God is different. Some are more religious, some are more spiritual. Some decide to focus on the Bible and on scripture. Some decide 
to focus on a feeling, um, an understanding between them and God. So everyone's relationship definitely is different. Everyone's practice is different. And everything doesn't work for everyone. First, make sure that it's your own relationship and it's true to you because that's the only way that you'll stay motivated to continue to grow it. So I would say that's the first thing. Um, the next thing is strengthening through connection to God. Um, I think that you have to connect by whatever whatever connecting means to you. For some people, it's going to places where you can feel God's presence. Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's um, a group of like-minded people. Um, maybe it's, you know, the, the beach, the ocean, the mountains, whatever. Wherever that place is where you feel a connection to God, when you can feel God's presence. Um, one thing that I, you know, I do is uh, service. Service really, to me, makes me feel like God is in the room. When you are helping others, when you are working towards a greater good, when you are being selfless, um, when you're not really receiving anything in return, I think that that is a place where you can really feel God's presence. I think for me also, um, you know, praise and worship in the car sometimes when I'm singing uh, songs, Christian music, gospel music, that really helps me. When I'm singing, I can feel it in my soul. I feel like I'm I'm bringing God into my space. I feel God around my space. Another way to really connect to God, obviously, the most obvious way and the number one way, in my opinion, is prayer. And prayer is huge, but a lot of people ask and don't listen. I've mentioned this before on, I think it was, I don't know if it was one of my podcasts, but it was definitely um, a friend's um, Instagram channel. It's an advice channel. And I talked about how to pray. If you don't know where to start or what kind of conversations you should be having, some people like to, you know, read a, a prayer or a scripture and that's how they connect to God. I, um, don't really love to do that. I have my own way of communicating with God and this is what I follow for prayer. The best way to remember this is, um, the letter P R A Y. Each letter stands for something. So P is for praise. Start with praise. And what that means is, you know, tell God that you're grateful and you're thankful, um, for everything that you have, um, whatever, maybe it was for that day. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's your health. Just start with praise. And then R stands for repent. So this is where you can kind of get anything that you need to get off of your chest. Um, and then A is for ask. And in this moment is where you ask God for, um, what you would like from him, whatever that means to you. Some people ask for things and, you know, I don't know about that, but maybe asking for clarity, asking for, um, peace, whatever that is for you. And then why is for yield. And this is the most important moment. This is where I feel like God talks back to you. So you've been talking, you've been talking P for R for A and now for yielding, it's, silence. It's also very much like meditation. You're quiet and you're in the moment and you're waiting to listen from God. You're waiting to hear from God. This is where you yield and God speaks to you. So this method um is has been working for me and I love it and I you know I, I follow I follow the order every night when I pray, every morning when I pray and um it's just a really good release and a really good way of talking to God. Now, speaking of release, I want to talk about trusting and releasing. Um I think that the next step has led us to surrender. And this is really important. Um, in order to really strengthen your relationship to God, you have to surrender to God, which means you have to trust God and release all to God. This is the part where 
I always slip out of. I always have a hard time surrendering everything. I, I feel like I surrender 95%, but there's still a little part of me that hasn't surrendered everything. And I was reminded last week um, when life got, you know, overwhelming and it was just a lot, I was trying to control a lot of things that I couldn't control, especially other people's decisions or opinions. Um, this is you know, or when things aren't going the way that I hoped or really wanted them to go, I can get anxiety, I can get stressed. If you feel yourself fighting for control, you feel overwhelmed by stress, by fear, by doubt um, and anxiety, you need to let go and lean on God in these moments and not on your own understanding. This is actually a continual habit. It is a daily habit. It is a moment by moment. You are not big enough to handle all your worries. Let go and let God really give it to God. And the benefits of strengthening your relationship with God, but also especially surrendering to God, is there is less stress. There is new hope. There is new life. Um, you have a shifted perspective. And um, you can really cultivate a trusting, connected relationship with God, which allows you to seek His will. So yeah, that's my dropping gem segment. I hope that you are inspired by it. I hope that after you're done listening to this, you go have a little conversation with God and feel more at ease and um, find your peace. Let's go into BTS. So I went to dinner with my girlfriends. I love them dearly, but they really, really, really just Debbie Downard my happy ass. Let me tell you something. I was talking to them about the quarantine 15, more like 13 now um, for me, but you know, just can't fucking shake it. And they're like, what are you eating? And I'm like, everything. I love carbs. I love carbs. And they looked at me and they said, Milana, you are now 30 years old. You cannot eat everything. We are past that time in our life. You have to do gluten-free pasta, you know, a veggie pasta a uh, no pasta, a uh, give up carbs, um, salads. And I was just devastated because I have no self-control when it comes to food or portion control. But I've started slowly last week doing a little bit better. And as soon as February kicks off, I know new month, new me, but I really am going to at least start with portion control and then I'll move on to less carbs. Um, that's kind of my struggle with food. Uh, I just don't get it. Like people go and get like a tuna sandwich. Let me tell you something. Oh, oh, I'm doing better. I was on Postmates ordering a tuna sandwich and usually I would add a bag of chips. You know me, you can't eat a sandwich without chips, but I added it. Then I said, no, Milana, I removed it. Then I added it again. Then I removed it again. No more fucking chips. So, um, I just, I don't know how to be one of these people, but I'm going to try. Like when people go to a restaurant and they order eggs or whatever their breakfast is an omelet and then they get, instead of getting a side of potatoes, they get a side of fruit. I don't understand that life, but God bless. Um, or like they get a side salad instead of a fries. I don't get it, but I guess I have to become one of those people because according to my friends, I am past the age of eating what I want. Thank you, ladies. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is retinol. I've been using it. I don't know how much I'm supposed to use it. Anyone in the skincare industry, any ladies that are using retinol, please let me know. The uh, online conversations about retinol are just very confusing. I've been using a 0.25. I have pretty good skin, combination skin, and I started using it every day and I started peeling. So I'm just wondering at what point do you keep using it? Do you keep using it and keep peeling? Is peeling a good thing? Do you look younger because you're peeling? I have a lot of questions about retinol and I really would love for somebody to slide into my DMs and just educate that ass okay let's get into tv recap um first i want to talk about bring it on <laughs> so after i made my boyfriend watch cheer season two with me um 
you know, I was like, oh my God, this is like making me want to watch Bring It On. And he was like, okay, I've never seen it. I'm like, what? Bring It On is one of those movies, guy, girl, whoever you are, whatever generation, you have to fucking watch. It is like, to me, it's like the same caliber as Mean Girls. It, to me, it's fucking hilarious. When I was younger, there was a marathon on TV. It was a 24-hour marathon or something like that. Or no, 48-hour marathon. And I watched it like 19 times in a row. If that even makes sense. And I, yes, yeah. It was like a yes, 48-hour marathon or something. I watched it 19 times in a row. I love that movie. So I turned it on. I haven't watched it in forever. And I know every single cheer. I know every single line. I know everything about that movie. And it's so funny. It's just stuck. It's forever engraved in my mind. And if you guys haven't seen it in a while, I, just, I really recommend just throwing it on and just having a good fucking laugh. The routines were incredible. Um, You know, there's a lot of like inappropriate language I realized um, that they use because I don't remember it, but I remember all of it when I was a kid, but it is a great fucking movie. And um, yeah, I'm so happy I watched that. I didn't watch Euphoria. Um, I need to catch up on the past two episodes. So forgive me. I did start How I Met Your Father with Hilary Duff. I watched How I Met Your Mother and I really, really liked it. So, you know, I'm like, okay, let me watch How I Met Your Father. It's a little bit like, um, it's really fun. It's super lighthearted. It's like, not the best shit I've ever seen, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's funny. I think it's easy. You know, it's it's very digestible. It's something nice to, you know, maybe throw on when you wake up or when you go to sleep. It's, um, I'm really entertained by it. So I'm watching that. And um, let's see, Salt Lake City Housewives. So uh, the last episode I saw was the, I guess, the part two of their trip. And, you know, after all that fighting, it is amazing to me that Meredith like rallied and she participated and she hung out with these women who were so insulting to her. Um, and it was really just I appreciate her, you know, putting up with their shit and participating. I um, still stand by the fact that she does not need to keep explaining herself as to why she maybe doesn't want to be friends with some of these people. Now, Jenny was fired from the franchise. Um she wasn't giving me much anyway. Like I wasn't that impressed, you know. I it wasn't any like crave to watch her or watch her life or know more about her. But she was very real to me. I didn't get any two-faced or fake vibes from her. She kind of said what she was thinking, said it to everyone's face for the most part, and I could appreciate that in a housewife. So, um yeah, but she's gone because um, she, I guess, let me see, I, I googled it, here it is. Um, she's Vietnamese American and was alleged to have shared images and text posts describing protesters as BLM thugs and violent gigs throughout the Black Lives Matter protest. And she also reposted memes in support of White Lives Matter as well as anti-vaccination content. So she, I'm sure, I'm sure there was more to it, but um I guess Bravo felt that it wasn't appropriate enough for them to let her go, which is interesting to me because Mary wasn't fired and Mary, you know, made a pretty bad statement about Mexicans. Um, and, you know, she's been really insensitive about different cultures and said a lot of things that were kind of in bad taste. And I'm surprised that she hasn't been fired yet, but a lot of women have been fired. So, um, yeah, and the next thing I want to talk about is Vanderpump Rules, the reunion part two. I was in shock, you know, with this Raquel and um, James situation, how they called off their engagement. They said that they hadn't had sex in almost two years. This, this seems to be very common within couples. I've been hearing this a lot lately. Um, 
especially a lot of couples that were stuck together during during COVID. I did hear this uh, a lot. And it seems like James is really the one that's kind of heartbroken over it. I think that Raquel, Raquel decided to call it quits. Um, but they're, it doesn't seem as peaceful as they're portraying it to be, in my opinion. I think Sheena's still delusional about her engagement and trying to do a surprise wedding at someone else's engagement party. It's it's bizarre to me that she still stands by even the thought of having it or discussing it. Even though she didn't do it, she still thought about it. So yeah, they're, those two are just on a, on a whole different level. Um, I have not much to say about The Bachelor except I'm in shock at the fact that Sinead is just literally making up a whole fake-ass story about Elizabeth and telling Clayton and uh he literally responded to her and said don't get in your head about it and then made out with her and I can't believe that this is like the television I'm watching it's just not as like I said last time mature and sophisticated as Michelle's season but it is more entertaining so I'll give him that um that's all that I've really watched this week uh I will oh Real Housewives in Miami you guys it's back if you guys remember it hasn't been back for I don't know over 10 years there's like three seasons back from back in the day with like Larson and when she was still married to Scottie Pippen um and Joanna Krupa but it didn't you know do well with audiences so they canceled it they brought it back it's now on Peacock and uh I decided to give it a try I watched all the episodes for this season I think there's only seven or eight episodes and it's not bad I think it could have made its way to Bravo. It's giving me first season vibes, so it's like not the best season, but it's really not bad. It's better than some of the other seasons I watched, like better than some of the Dallas seasons, definitely better than OC seasons last year. It was awful. So it. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I really recommend it if you guys are looking for another Housewives franchise to watch. If you're bored, uh, they really are just more sassy um they they are fabulous though their fashion's on point you know we're getting a glimpse of like larsa post scotty um and like you know in the middle of the divorce we're getting a lot of you know um information about alexia and her ex-husband herman who we found out you know was actually seeing a man and had a relationship with with a man while he was married to her and you know until until he died she didn't know so uh there's a lot of drama it's really interesting i've learned a lot watching this season and um it is definitely entertaining so if you're looking for another uh housewife season to binge that's a good one also new real house of new jersey is coming back and i am fucking stoked because that is probably one of my favorite franchises you know they are they're always entertaining so that's where I'm at with television so far just a reminder book club ladies dm me we're starting soon atomic habits by james clear join the book club be held accountable finish a book um yeah that's all I have for this episode make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review it really really helps you guys um share this episode on social media if you are inspired motivated touched by anything if you have any ideas or you have any questions or anything to say please dm me on instagram because your critiques and your comments and your questions and your advice and your praises they really really do help me um and they inspire me to talk about certain things so if you have anything you want me to talk about please dm me um and i will definitely take into consideration just like the 
woman that DM'd me about figuring out how to strengthen her relationship with God. And I hope that if you're listening to this podcast, I somehow helped you out in that way. Um, Thank you guys for listening and I'll be back next Monday.